It's time for Talk of Champions again. He's Tyler Watts of the Watts Agency and the Crimson Tide Sports Network. I'm Jim Dunaway. Alabama beats LSU. It's off to the Bluegrass State in uh, Kentucky this week, 11 a.m. game. We'll talk about the last game, Kentucky, and the rest of the season with Tyler Watts. A uh, quick trivia question. One of us lived in Lexington, Kentucky for two years. Was it you? It was not me. It was me. I got the trivia question. What's my prize? What's my prize? Uh, Go prize, Big Blue, right? Yeah, it, it, was, it was fun. It was a, so much different up there during basketball season than here, and so much different during football season. What was the seating capacity at, uh, at Kroger, Co- Kroger Field or whatever? It was Commonwealth Stadium back then, and I think it was right at 70,000. 69,000. Well, it's only 63 now, so yeah. you're sure about your numbers? <laughs> I, I do. I think they reduced it. They couldn't fill it up, so they were took some I think some they down. took some seats off. I think it was 70,000. They probably had to take material and put it in a Rupp Arena or something, <laughs> didn't they? It is a beautiful city and a great trip. I'm just disappointed uh, that this, the game came this late in the year because the Alabama fans back in the day, the rare trip to Lexington, they only race at Keeneland, the horse track there, the oldest horse track in the United States. Um, they only race two weeks in the spring, two weeks in the fall, and you could catch an Alabama trip up there with a Kentucky night game and Keeneland racing during the day. It was just a fantastic Saturday. Keeneland racing's already ended. How many ended. times did that happen, though? Uh, just about they've every... Only, but ju- they've only played 40 times in the history oh, and when of it, the program. When an Alabama was coming to town, they knew so many fans were coming. They liked it when it timed out that way because... Those horses aren't doing anything. Get them out of the pasture and line them up. <laughs> Let Let's go. Roll. Tell us about the Watts Agency. We'll get into the Alabama thoroughbreds. Hey, they had a great game a against lot, A lot is going on in the insurance world right now, as it is in the entire economy, and your pocketbook is suffering as a result of it. So use us to help finance and pay for those Christmas presents this year and look us up at the Tyler Watts Insurance Agency. You can call us at 205-822. 5477, or look us up online at TylerWattsInsurance.com. You cannot talk about this team right now or the win against LSU without starting with Jalen Milrow. He has been a huge improvement over the course of the season, as what you would expect. But it is always good to see a guy go through the ups and downs of a season, make a lot of mistakes, have a lot of ups as well, have a lot of fan uh, fighting back saying, hey, you're not good enough to play. He's ignored it all. He's continued to get better and better every single week. He's taken the criticism coaching in stride. He's, he's applied it. He's gotten better as a result. Mentally and physically, he's processing much quicker, much better quarterback. He is starting to develop over the last, I honestly would say, second half of the Tennessee game throughout the LSU game, completely different quarterback than what we've seen beforehand. Is there a chance that something just snaps or you're just pushed into a corner and you have to fight your way out of the corner like maybe it was at halftime at Tennessee that at some point you're like you just revert to survival mentality and that fit Jalen Milrose game whatever it took it I still go back to Texas it looked like he was a reluctant runner and then against LSU in the second half against Tennessee he looked like he invited the opportunity to run. More so against LSU than anybody yes. else. But one thing that you can't take away, the competitive nature of him, of, of not quitting, not giving up, back against the wall against Texas. He's about to get pulled, and he plays outstanding the remainder of that second half, as he has every second half of this season. But this is the first week versus LSU where it was, I'm going to make a decision, one, two, not there, and pulling it down and running it. And instead of continuing to look for receivers downfield as he was going towards the line of scrimmage and dumping it off, he said, I got 10 yards right here. I'm going to take it. And he turned those 10-yard runs into 20, 30-yard runs as a result of that. 
that's been the missing piece of this entire puzzle is implementing his abilities in the running game. You don't have to necessarily do it 10, 12 times a game, but just do it when they take away your receivers. Um, before we get too far away um, from Jalen Milrow's running success, I, I want to give a little tip of the cap to a couple of guys. Jermaine Burton uh, on that block that, that freed him up, blocked the edge, got the touchdown run. The one that Gary Danson bragged on? Yeah, I mean, but Jermaine Burton's a guy who... Who doesn't? You isn't, think he's selfish? That was an unselfish play. It was. I mean, they're, they're, most receivers are considered selfish. Jermaine Burton well, is a loud guy. How about not physical in the blocking scheme? How does that, that's them, probably more. A lot of them don't like to block. Well, it's Jermaine not what Burton stuck his nose in there yes. and, and helped he win did. the football game. He did. He and Nye Black, and he didn't appear to run his mouth as much this week, which was a nice. He's going to have his hands full uh, this week in Kentucky because they have a DB who loves to jaw. And I anticipate at some point they'll have words. But he, it was fun to watch him. He, he is kind of settling into that role. He's, he's a really good talent. He, he, and, and they're finding ways to give him the ball. But as, as Jalen Milrow has success, as a running game has success, he's going to have more success. So him contributing to that running attack and doing his job only frees him up a play or two later. But, but I'm correct about this, I believe. And you tell me if I am or not. If you go back to Julio Jones and all these first-round draft picks, even little Devontae Smith, they were all elite blockers on the edge. They mix it up. They were not scared to stick their nose in there and mix it up. And blocking is 100% effort and not a whole lot more. It's just getting after it, moving your feet, and not, not quitting. And there's going to be times when you get, get the, somebody gets the best of you, but a majority of it is just your effort. And it's appreciated in the locker room. It's appreciated in film study. So running, tell me about that. When, when you are watching run, film, yeah. you, you fellas, guys on the field who give effort, even if they're not as good, you have a respect for them. And in a football locker room, respect is everything. If you appreciate and respect a guy, you'll go to, to battle with him and you trust him. But if you don't, you don't trust him. And when you don't have trust in, in your locker room and, and in your huddle, you don't have chemistry, you don't have success. Let me tell you who I'm falling in love with. Um, for the effort reason, because he picked up a blitz the other night against LSU, but Jim Miller. Um, there's been times this year and a little bit of last year uh, since Najee that the ability to get physical and stop someone who's rushing the quarterback and just stand them up, It's sometimes it's been a little ole effort to me. He it, stuck his nose yeah. in there, and it, it, it turned into a successful play. Well, and, and honestly, that's in, in the first – quarter of the season, that was really a struggle with all the running backs of, of picking up, being in the right place but still getting run over. They weren't physical enough. So it is good. And I think that this coaching staff wants to implement Jan Miller more into their schemes. We're, we're seeing that with a lot of guys, quite honestly, uh, finding what these guys are capable of doing, put them in certain situations and letting them get after it. But obviously he has a high ceiling. They, they think a lot of him. And for a young guy to come on campus and be able to participate and play the way he is and stick his nose in there. Uh, that speaks volumes. Okay, think about it while I tell everybody about my bookie, mybookie.ag, uh, about how many different offensive coordinators you had in your time. Okay. And you count high school football too, if you'd like. Mybookie.ag, 50% off 
deposit bonus right there. You get 50 percent added, actually, 50 percent added deposit bonus there. So put in 100, get 150. It works like that. That's cash you play with instantly. MyBookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. MyBookie.ag. To get that 50 percent deposit bonus, you use the promo code Next Round. The promo code Next Round to get a 50 percent deposit bonus right now with our friends at MyBookie. MyBookie.ag. It's how, funny because I'm just sitting. No, I'm just sitting here thinking when I was in middle school, most most middle school programs had two coaches for both seventh and eighth grade. Right. So you had an offensive guy and a defensive guy. So one of my buddy's dads volunteered. He was our offensive coordinator. So I have probably had five over the course of my playing career. So you didn't have a ton different no, in high had, school. We had I mean, two, college. two in high school and two in college. That yeah. was it. You didn't see a lot of turnover back then either, though. And I know now with when you have a successful program, everyone obviously wants to come in and poach those ideas because they think that all the assistants are responsible for the success that's taking place. And right. it's not necessarily it's a culture that's doing it and the head man at top who's dictating what's what's going on below him. So these fellas though, it's much more common for them to have multiple coordinators over the course of their career. I mean we see it all the time. So I asked that question because it does seem like Jalen Milrow and Tommy Reese um, have gotten to know each other a little bit better. So let's put that in perspective. How much time are they spending together every single day? It, it's it's four or five hours a day, five, six days a week that they are talking to each other. And it's more listening than it is discussion. Right. But there is a good bit of discussion of what were you thinking here. It's us understanding what each other thinks, kind of like a marriage. Um, but... There's so many places I want to go to that call. Go ahead, go. Shut go. it down. <laughs> but that's kind of what it's like. But there is also, a, we see what works. We see what doesn't work. We add. We subtract. We, you know, increase this role. We talk about this. And it's a. It's just an understanding of what's expected and what makes us work. And it's, I mean, this is a 20, 25-week process that takes place every single year because your personnel is turning over. And it's not just... It's not just with Tommy Reese and Jalen Milrow. It's also with the other pieces around him, what they're bringing to the table, um, and, you know, and, and what they're capable of doing. And it also dictates how those conversations go. Um, and Jalen Milrow told us this this week on the next round that this is the first coordinator he's had that actually played the position, which I would imagine makes a difference. That it's okay to be a coach who's played other positions maybe, but has never played quarterback. And then you got a guy who's actually played quarterback. So when you look at something on film or, or when you're trying to be coached up about something, Tommy Reese is able to hear it and see it as Jalen Milrow hears it and sees Probably it. Probably so, but here's the other side. Here we go again, right? Yeah. We're going back and forth. Is you got to make sure, sometimes the best coaches, though, are the guys that never played the sport. Right. Because they're not reliving how they would have done it. They're trying to communicate an idea and get you to do it. Um, but there are some benefits in that, and I, and I can fully understand that and appreciate it. Yeah. Um, this is talking. Nev- you know, I, I never had a coordinator that played the position. Really? No. Senior Wide right. receivers, DBs. Linebackers. So you don't know how good it could be? I, I, honestly, I cannot answer that question, That's honestly. Right. That's right. Tommy Reese and Jalen Milrow may be in utopia right now that they both understand what they're talking about every day. This is Talk of Champions getting ready for Bama, Kentucky, 11 a.m. And remember, like and subscribe, comment here. We go back and read the comments every week. Um, I, I do want to ask you about another takeaway from the LSU win because it does feel like now 
every Alabama fan just has forgotten any bad spot that's happened this right. year. It seems like Alabama's fixed, everything is shored up, and it's off to the college football playoffs. We gave up 28 points against a team that's averaging 47 on the year. We scored in the first half. All problems are solved. Yeah. LSU is a bad defensive football team. Don't put too much stock into the performance that we had. We did what we should have done, quite honestly. Right. We punted on the first possession. Outside of that, missing a field goal uh, or two, offense was flawless. They should have been. LSU, I don't know what's going on with their roster. They don't have enough numbers on the defensive front. Their, their linebackers are undersized, and their DBs can't tackle in space. So we did what we should have done. But I still think that that's a step in the, in the right direction because it very well could have been – falling back into your old habits and characteristics of not performing in the first half. We didn't do that, though. And I say we, the Alabama offense, did not do that. So that's a step in the right direction. I fully anticipate, now with that hurdle over, for this team to be locked in and solely focused on the next three weeks and getting to Atlanta. All right, 11 a.m. in Lexington against It's a trap game. Well, I'm just, it's I'm, a trap game. I'm just saying, Tennessee was billed up as a revenge game against a rival. LSU revenge game against what many of the younger folks call a rival. I would call it a rival, too. Now it's Kentucky on the road, 11 a.m. I was very concerned about the LSU game last week. I knew that Jaden Daniels was going to cause a lot of problems because of his talent and his ability, and he, he's amazing. He is amazing. He makes it look so easy. Y'all, that guy is next to impossible to bring down. Giving up 28 points to that offense was very impressive. But I felt also... If we could get over LSU, that that would we would get zoned in and we would go out here and dominate Kentucky. Had we lost against LSU, I think this would have been a struggle. Okay, so one thing that Kentucky likes to do is they like to run the football. Oh, yeah. That is a Mark Stoops DNA kind of thing. Alabama, defensively, I think is pretty good against the run, right? Mm-hmm. What, what makes them so good against the run? Just their ability to stalemate up front. You know, the, the, the defensive line has done a really good job, and they progressed over the course of the year, of being able to hit you, keep an eye on what's going on around you, and then shed you as the runner comes either to your right or your left. So they're not just playing one gap. They're playing two gaps. And it really puts a ton of pressure because you're not going to move them because they're so big. And if they can just still make that line of scrimmage, keep you from getting up to the linebackers, and then they still have the strength to be able to shed you and clog things up, keep you from bouncing to the outside, that's a tough day on a running back in an offensive scheme that likes to run the football. However, Kentucky loves that stretch zone. They love to stretch you out and create some bigger holes that are going to open up. And then these running backs are so good stretching it, finding a cutback lane. You over-pursue. You get out of your spacing from your next guy, they're going to exploit that. Yeah, Ray Davis is a legit threat there. Leary's had some success at quarterback. Tough place to play coming up 11 o'clock there at Kroger Field in Lexington. Our friends at Roback want to remind you that you can get, in fact, I'm going to do this this weekend, get some hoodies in. Roback.com. You get 20% off your first purchase when you use the promo code TNR20. TNR20 is the promo code. Get you 20% off your first purchase right there at Roback.com. Great hoodies, great golf shirts, wonderful gifts for the holiday season, some great pants and such like that. Roback.com, promo code TNR20 for 20% off. What are we not talking about with this team? What, what's, what's the your, Alabama team or the Kentucky team? Either one. What are we not talking about? What do I need to know <laughs> um, to, A, finish this 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 podcast, but also to enjoy the game on Saturday. What do I need to know about this contest? 
What do I not know about this this contest this weekend? Who's healthy? Yeah. Is Deontay Lawson eligible? Is he going to be healthy enough to go this weekend? From what Coach Saban said yesterday, he's not been practicing to this point. If he doesn't go today, it's going to be tough to get him out there on the field. The good thing about it is that Jihad Campbell has played enough in that specific role next to Trez Marshall that we should be okay. I hope so. I hope so. When you say that, because he's the guy that gets everybody in the right spot, right? Gets everybody in the right spot, but even more importantly than that, he's aggressive. He's recognizing things really quickly. He's aggressive. He's a great run stopper. He's also versatile in getting out in the pass. And one thing we don't talk about with Kentucky is how they love to utilize their running backs in the passing game. They create mismatches versus linebackers, defensive ends, Chris Braswell, um, whether it be a linebacker, whomever. They love to get them out in space, and they're pretty good at catching the ball, probably as good as their receivers. Yeah. You mentioned an NFL-type DB on their side of the ball. They've, they've no, had I some... said a DB who runs his mouth. Oh, okay. Oh, that does make him an <laughs> NFL-type. Uh, so the best-case scenario on that is, uh, is offsetting penalties, you said. You eventually somebody's going to talk back to this it's guy. It's just amazing in watching this team, and it may have just been one or two instances that I, that I had turned on and watched how mouthy they were. And I don't know if it was just the rivalry they had with Missouri or what was on the line or if anything was said that week. But there was just a lot of extracurricular activity that I would not expect out of a well-disciplined football team. And we all think of Mark Stevens as having that, right? So I'm not sure. Maybe it's just this individual. But I immediately went to Jermaine Burton. How's he going to react to that? He ain't going to take it. Right. You no, know that. It's going to talk I back just hope it doesn't, he doesn't lose focus as a result of that because – they love to run a three-man front. They'll add a fourth guy every once in a while. They'll drop eight, though, which makes it really difficult to throw the ball against those coverages and create some deeper, uh, deeper opportunities, which Alabama loves to exploit. Although we didn't do it against LSU, we still had plenty of success. That's right. Hitting the check downs, being patient is going to be key in this football game. Forcing Kentucky to come up. I think we're going to have a good ability, if the numbers are right, to run the football. I just... I think we're in a good spot right now. I think personnel-wise, we can we can cram it in the box with heavier personnel and still throw it, still have some success running it, spread them out, and do whatever we want to because we're starting to kind of see what these guys bring to the table and how to best utilize it. Uh, the Watts Agency, and then i got two uh, trip to Lexington questions for you that will help you on your trip up, okay? Okay. Tell us about the Watts Agency. Give me a call. I would love an opportunity to talk to you. You can reach me at 205-822-5477 or TylerWattsInsurance.com. Okay. Two food items. You can have one, don't eat the other. One is a hot brown, is what it's called, hot brown. Basically, it's an open. Roast beef. It's an open. I um, like roast beef. Like a roost, loose roast beef sandwich, open face, though. Hot brown. Those are good. That, that's okay to have. Don't, don't get the burgoo, it's called. Burgoo. That's whatever available meat they have. Oftentimes rabbit, which isn't bad, but, um, but whatever available meat they have, sort you know, of a stew, burgoo. I'm a little disappointed in you. Two boys that grew up in Shelby County, you know, when my mom would go out of town, we had, my, and my dad had to cook, we would only get two options. Hormel chili out of a can, right. which was probably a favorite of yours growing up. I, I mentioned it on the show today. And fried spam. Fried Those spam. are the only two things yes. that he knew how to how to. How would you do your fried spam? You fry it in a, in a skillet, you obviously. To, you have to cut it thin. Right. Right. And then you fry it up on both sides. And, you, of course, you have to salt it because it yeah. ain't salty yeah. enough. <laughs> but did you put it on bread? Do you make a sandwich out of it? Mayonnaise sandwich. You mayonnaise. put it in between two pieces of bread and mayonnaise. No mustard? I have grown to love mustard. 
Yep. But you can do mustard and mayonnaise together, whatever whatever floats your boat. Sometimes, and man, if, if it was a good week, you had a piece of cheese on there. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, the burgoo when I lived there, uh, they serve it at the racetrack, which is probably the Keeneland, probably the worst place to get the burgoo, whatever the random meat they have, maybe horse at that point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's a loser. Throw him in the burgoo. Throw him in the burgoo. But there at the horse track, I had some burgoo for the first time. It tasted fine. But, you know, when you're in Kentucky, then you start putting a little, you know, bourbon on top of that. And the day goes on, and you go from the second race to the seventh race, and you've had all these bourbons. And by the time you get out on the club that night, I was young and single back then. Then you have some other shots on top of that burgoo and that um, that bourbon. Let me just say, there was a girl I was seeing at the time. Was it the burgoo that was causing the problems or everything else? Your lifestyle. (laughs) Well, it was the burgoo and then the the Kentucky bourbon on top. But the girl I was seeing at the time had this pristine white bathroom like white shower curtain white towels white rugs white everything it was white just you walked in and your eyes hurt it was white and we were making out on the couch and i had to pause for a second oh <laughs> get up and go to the bathroom and i get to the to the doorstep of going into the bathroom and as soon as i open the door Project, projectile vomiting all that burgoo on that entire white. Is it red-based? No, it's brown. It's a brown oh. base. It was horrible, horrible. Sounds like a horrible. dumb and dumber moment almost. Oh, it was horrible. And I laid on the, the tile floor because it was cold, and she comes walking in, and she's like, oh, my God. And I started. You're the second guy this week to do that. That's <laughs> what she said. And I started kissing her ankle like no, I was going to make a not. move. <laughs> like I was about to make a move, and she said, like, "Oh, it's not happening. I need you to leave. Never saw her again. That was it. That was the breakup story." I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I haven't liked Burgoo since. That's probably smart. Or Kentucky, to be honest with you. That's the talk of champions. Brought to you by the Watts Agency, by our friends at Roback.com and MyBookie.ag. Safe travels. Enjoy hey, Lexington. Absolutely. No Burgoo for me. No. Burgoo. Hot brown, though. Good stuff.